Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tiantian. Now, if you recall, we spoke about ship chartering on the segment last week, and today we want to double down on that conversation by giving you an inside look into a Singapore-listed integrated marine logistics company called Marco Polo Marine. Now, the company works with customers of varying industries on ship chartering and even transshipment services of tugboats and barges. And besides that, Marco Polo Marine also builds and repairs ships. It has a shipyard occupying over 34 hectares of land area in Batam, Indonesia, and has supplied at least 100 tugs and barges and anchor handling tug supply vessels. The firm recently posted a gross profit of $6.6 million for the first quarter ended December. That's up 153.8% from the year-ago period, thanks to more ship repair activities and larger contracts from customers. But how are things like for the current quarter? Well, for more, let's speak to Sean Lee, CEO, Marco Polo Marine. Well, Sean, welcome to the show. Morning. Thank you for having me here. Great to have you on. And Sean, we've briefly touched on this uh, in the introduction, but appreciate if you could tell us more about Marco Polo Marine's uh, value proposition, business model, and also how you position yourself in the marine logistics industry. So um, basically, like you pointed out, actually Marco Polo is an uh, integrated marine logistics service provider. So basically, we have two main businesses. We have the ship charterings and the shipyard. Uh, what sets us apart from the uh, the other place is the set, the fact that we design, we build, we own and operate. So not many in the industry, uh, especially in the offshore wind industry, uh, have this sort of business model. So it's actually one-stop shop kind of solutions. So it's the ship chartering, so it's the shipyard side. Basically, we do ship building, ship repair, ship conversions. Uh, the ship chartering, basically, we, we operate the tucks and barges operations and also the offshore uh, vessels basically serving two main industry, which is the offshore oil and gas and also the offshore wind farm. Right, you talked about the two sides of your business, ship chartering and shipbuilding. How much of the business is dedicated to ship chartering versus, say, shipbuilding? Yeah, I would say about 50 50 uh, at the moment. Yeah. Right. So let's start with maybe the shipbuilding side of the business, Sean. I understand revenue for Marco Polo Marine's shipyard segment rose year-on-year uh, year on full-quarter contribution in your latest financial report. Now, you've attributed this to more ship repair activities, larger contracts from customers. Tell us more about that. And also, what is demand for shipbuilding projects uh, like this quarter? Okay, now, our business is affected quite, you know, seasonally. So the first, second quarter has always been the weaker quarters, right? So this is because the uh, during the monsoon period where vessels uh, started to come back, uh, waiting for the next deployment, which is typically in March. So, however, I mean, we're doing okay for the last quarter. This is because um, we, we have the full recognitions of the results from extended dry dock of, you know, 150 meters to 240 uh, meters, which increases our repair capacity quite a bit. Now, um, the shipbuilding has always been quiet for the past few years now, but recently uh, it has picked up a bit due to the increase in demand for commodities. So uh, lots of new vessels are re required and needed. Uh, 
We're also busy with the constructions of our own CSOV, which is a commissioning service operation vessels. Uh, this is actually for the offshore wind industry. Right. And uh, Sean, for the sake of our listeners, uh, I understand we talked about tugboats earlier. Uh, the ship that you guys built and repaired at Marco Polo Marine, how big is it compared to the other ships that are repaired by other maybe more traditional shipbuilders? Uh, well, when you say shipbuilding, shipbuilding and ship repairs are quite different things. So, uh, we talk we, when when we talk about ship repairs, um, as long as you can actually fit into the uh, dock, for example, our biggest dock is about two hundred forty meters, right? So, anything that's about 220, 200, up to two hundred thirty meters, we can actually accommodate um, uh, different kinds of vessels. For example, tankers, bulkers, uh, um, contain liners. So these these can you know vary in sizes as well. Um, for for containers, we can do up to three thousand TU, for example. Yeah, and and specialized vessels, for example, the offshore vessels are mm. completely different. They are small. They are a lot more compact and more a lot smaller, but a lot lots of engineering work involved. Right, I see. You did mention about the extension works on your dry dock that has been completed. How would that help you fulfill more contracts this quarter? Uh, well, the extended dry dock, uh, like I mentioned, uh, from from one hundred fifty to two hundred forty meters. So basically, uh, you know, increases about twenty percent of our capacity. Uh, we can actually take in larger vessels, right? Which translate to potential uh, higher revenues as well. Sometimes the same dry dock because it's, it's it's larger, so we can actually take two two smaller vessels in one single uh, single uh, dry dock. If you're just tuning in, we are now in conversation with Sean Lee, CEO Marco Polo Marine. Well, uh, Sean, let's take a look at your ship chartering business. And on that note, I understand Marco Polo Marine is uh, involved in chartering, rechartering, and transshipment services of tugboats and barges. How would that differ from a ship charterer, say, a Cargill? was just on the show about a week ago. Are you doing more vessel-to-vessel transportation? Do you guys differ in terms of the routes you serve? Uh, yeah, so um, our ship charterings basically divide into uh, two uh, different businesses. Uh, so we have the tux and barges operations and also we have the offshore mm. vessels operations. Now, the tux and barges operation, uh, operations basically, um, you know, carrying commodities, and as for Marco Polo Tux and Barges, basically carrying building materials uh, uh, and also can be used uh, for transshipment services. But our focus is a lot in, in the offshore vessels, uh, which is actually serving two different industries, the oil and gas industry and also the offshore wind uh, industry. So in the past, the same assets only served the oil and gas, but today the um the vessels actually repurposed and now serve the wind industry as well. So involving construction and installations of the wind farm. Speaking of ship chartering, you mentioned about wind farm just now as well. Uh, the company saw revenue surge with a strong demand from oil and gas offshore and wind farm sectors. So tell us more about that. Why are we seeing an increase in demand in these sectors right now? And uh, what's the outlook ahead? Uh, so basically, the oil and gas has gone through quite a bit of a rough, uh, rough time for the past few years, right? So actually, ever since the oil crisis in 2015, when they are, uh, you know, when oil prices actually dropped from 120 dollars uh, per barrel to as as low as as negative at one stage, right? So, uh, however, demand for the oil and oil has always been consistently at about 100 million barrels a day, right? So, um. So what has uh, not much drilling activities has been has been done for the past few years. 
so what was not done uh, for the past few years does not mean it disappears or what it means is actually being carried forward. So lots of catching up job to do, right? Right now, everybody's actually, you know, uh, um, trying to come, uh, come back and do, you know, drilling campaign and that sort of thing. So for the offshore in the uh, offshore wind industries, uh, it is actually a totally new industries uh, altogether. So there are lots of opportunities, especially with all the countries around the world are moving towards the green uh, direction. So lots of activities, lots of development and constructions going on, which requires a lot of different kinds of offshore vessels. So the same pool of vessels today has actually been repurposed uh, in, and serving two different sectors. Right. And don't mind me following up with this, uh, Sean. When we talk about supplying to or helping the offshore wind farm sectors uh, with ocean transportation, uh, what do they want transported, actually? So basically, you're carrying the jackets, uh, you're, you're towing the jackets, for example, for, uh, for anchor handling, uh, anchor handlers, basically, you're towing the, uh, the jackets, the monopiles, uh, you know, from the from the shore all the way to the offshore, the, the locations of the farm. And it's actually supporting the installations of all these monopiles of the jackets uh, for the tower for the uh, for the wind turbines. Uh, this is just one of them. Mm. And then, of course, they have CTVs, for example, the crew transfer vessels. Basically, uh, you, you, you're transferring all these crews and technician people uh, from, the, uh, from the shore to the offshore. Mm, right. Exciting indeed. And uh, Sean, when we mentioned just now about what's the outlook for this quarter, whether it's for your shipbuilding and ship chartering business, uh, any numbers that maybe you can provide us in terms of maybe a revenue increase, uh, a ballpark <laughs> percentage? <laughs> uh, well, we are uh, um, optimistic. Mm. I think uh, I think that um, I can't say much about yeah. the forecast <laughs> no at the sorry. Yeah, yeah. No worries at all. And uh, well, Sean, one thing you can tell us, though, is the number one trend in the marine logistics industry. How does that influence the way in which you take the company forward? Uh, I think uh, I think it's green. It's renewables. Um, everyone is actually trying to go greener nowadays, right? So everyone's actually finding more sustainable ways of doing businesses. So even in, in the very traditional shipping industries, everybody's actually trying to think about, you know, reducing carbon footprints and, and their businesses. So, so Marco Polo is also doing the same thing. We are focusing uh, more on the renewables, especially on the offshore wind farm. Finally, before we let you go, Sean, what are some immediate plans for uh, Marco Polo Marine this year, maybe in terms of geographical expansion, capacity expansion? I understand you are in talks with potential joint venture partners for your commissioning service operation vessel. And this is set to be completed by Q1 2024. Anything we can expect on this front? Yeah, so at the moment, uh, I mean, lots of focus on Asian uh, offshore wind, uh, especially now we are already in Taiwan and now uh, um, we have uh, signed an MOU to go into Japan uh, together with uh, uh, K-Line, which K-Win. Um, uh, and also Korea, uh, we have also announced that uh, we are entering to the market. Uh, so basically, lots of um, focus on on these sectors, and not forgetting, um, I mean, you know, you know, Vietnam and the Philippines are also joining the game. So, so um, we will be pu putting a lot more focus on this on this location, this geographical uh, area where there's lots of activities going on. I mean, Taiwan's actually trying to do 20 gigawatts of, of um, offshore wind, and uh, Japan is trying to do 45 gigawatts. Uh, 
um, and and also Korea. So there's a lot of uh, uh, things out there right now. So in terms of our CSOV, um, will be completed for the second quarter next year. So we uh, deployed in Taiwan and North Asia, basically with uh, turbine OEM Vestas, which we also announced uh, for the next uh, three years. So we are very, very excited about this. We are very excited for you as well and what's to come for Marco Polo Marine. Thanks very much, Sean. That was Sean Lee, CEO, Marco Polo Marine. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.